Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. This episode is sponsored by Team Rank Star and Inked Gaming. Visit TeamRankStar.com for all the latest Tesla news and visit Inked Gaming and use the code TRS12 to get 12% off your next order of customized gaming gear. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. My name is Mark and I'm one of your hosts. I'm from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me, I have my co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. It's been a bit of a long week, but uh, we're we're getting there. I did have a little bit of time to play some cards over the Thanksgiving holidays and uh, you know, kind of uh, recharge the battery a little bit when it comes to content creation. So that's fun. I might even stream sometime this week. So, hey. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure it's good to be able to, you know, kind of get a break, unplug. Um, and you got to travel a little bit or I mean, I don't know how far you travel, but you were at least away from your your area for Thanksgiving, um, mm-hmm. which kind of gives you the opportunity to just which I guess we'll talk about today during the content creation portion, uh, but yeah. just a chance to get a break from the grind of content creation. Well, and you can play games knowing, well, I can't be recording this even if I wanted to. Uh, sure, I have to just be enjoying this. Exactly, and just playing for fun was different. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't always, I don't do that as much as I really should. Just, just play the game because it's fun. So, so what are you what have you been dabbling around with in Legends this past week? Uh, well, I did drop a new video today, uh, which was uh, I played with a little bit, uh, which is a Turbo Ramp Scout deck. Um, Turbo Ramp? Do you yeah. play Prophecy that ramps you and your opponent at the same time? Uh, no, I don't play Jigalag's Incursion, uh, but I do play Whodunit. And uh, oh, that yeah. one has actually been pretty pretty cool. Like uh, I run two copies in it, and it, it's been very good so far. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I actually have a couple different variants I've been screwing around with uh, trying to figure out what the best build is. And like one of them is more like combo driven uh, as in like not necessarily true combo. Like it's not like a finite, like an OTK or anything like that. Uh, But like I'm trying to run like squishes and run things that benefit from squish. Um, I've got builds that are just kind of like night talent lords and and yeah and that magic lords well and the the kind of the key there is it's like tree minders hist mages you know Mm -hmm. uh things like that but then of course i'm also running um pure blood elders uh and the pure blood elder is perfect with um like hist grove and whodunit uh because it doubles down on those things so particularly if you have a if you have a free whodunit Right, and you, you can just play it with your pure blood elder and jump four max magicka like that, which is really cool. Yes. Um, now, who done it? How does that get discounted? Uh, for each creature in your grave. So. Okay. Okay. You know, and of course, I'm running merchants camels to thin, uh, so it helps out with getting creatures in the grave and stuff like that. It's pretty fun. I mean, it's not a great deck, but it can win games, and it's just different and. You know, I, I was struggling a little bit because somebody requested on my channel that I do something with, like, a Control Scout. 
So I was trying to mess around with like like old Shout Scout and like revamp it with new stuff. And I didn't find a build that I felt could win in enough matchups. There were the matchups where I was like, oh, this is easy, right? Because it's super, super defensive. Like Shout Scout used to be like the hardest control. And now it's definitely yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And the problem there is that, like, there's so many, uh, you know, we talked about, like, proactive and reactive stuff. Like, there's so much reactivity. And the only real proactivity that you have is ramping. Yeah, yeah um, in Scout, that's really all that you do get. Is Right. Uh, that's your most proactive game plan if you're not playing goblins. Yeah, and so, like, and, and you have to run weaker cards if you want them to be able to, like, take an aggressive stance. Like, Shout Scout just cannot go aggressive which means if you run into any number of other control decks, you just almost can't win unless they get really bad draws mm-hmm. um, or unless you can get your giant bat cycling engine somehow online very, very early, you know, with soul tears and Parthenax and stuff like that. And that's hard to do early yeah, that's on. that's not easy to pull off. Right. And so I just find that, like, uh, it just has a, had a hard time. So I was like, all right, I want to look for something that can, like, slam some big bodies and attack if it needs to. And you know, pure blood elder is pretty big. Uh, yeah, like uh, you know, ramping up to an early Odeving is pretty solid. I mean, I even have a build that I don't think is very good, but like it wants to ramp up into scale on and run a couple swift strikes. I mean, you could do that in scale. Sure. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that, that that one's like the least good, but that that was the idea is to try to find a, a kind you've of been trying to make hulking scale. scale you've been trying to make hulking scale and work for quite some time. Well, I actually feel like, like the dream. Uh, there there is an environment in which uh, scale on archer is actually pretty good. A slower environment uh, where mm-hmm. aggro is not as as strong. Um, now that archer's gambit got nerfed, it it definitely took a hit to its uh, aggro matchup. But in environments on the ladder where you're seeing tons of control, Telvani and tribunal, I think I think scale on archer is legitimately good. Uh, it's a tech, it's a meta choice, you know, not so much like a general good deck. Um, but uh, it, it's got a lot of skill points to it. Like I think I think Scalon Archer is solid. Scalon and any of the other, I haven't found a, a build that Scalon really works in in any other class though. So. Yeah. Yes. It uh, Archer is probably the best place for it. Well, That's because you can pseudo ramp with like Astrid, Broken mm-hmm. Slayer, Torvald sure. Explosionist, one, one, and basically you're ramp. you're basically playing a mid range build. But you have a ten cost finisher that you can also like combo OTK with with a couple swift strikes. So like you know, Scalon is not its win condition against a mid range deck, but Scalon is a trump card against you know a control deck because it can't be screwed with at least not by much. Sure. So so well, yeah, I mean I, that was successful in the past. It wouldn't be great in this meta because. You know, we talked about it, like, aggro's in a really good place right now, especially Gabos, but other yeah. builds, too. Aggro is very, very fast, and yeah. mm. and uh, that makes sense. There's There's been a pretty good rise of what I have experienced, a pretty good rise of control decks in the meta as a product of that. And we are going back to some more, like, classic control decks. I've seen a decent amount of Telvani on the ladder. I've seen a decent amount of Tribunal on the ladder, uh, a decent amount of Guildsworn on the ladder. Um, you are seeing some control come back. I've been playing um, Empire. Um, that's kind of been my go-to deck. I get on it and been, you know, I have found that I've actually had some quests recently that haven't been the easiest in the world to complete. And so I've been, you know, working on 
finishing those up. And, and that hasn't always been easy, uh, you know, with the holidays, with kids, um, with all of the chaos of life, it's, it's not always easy to find time to log on. In fact, I missed my first daily login in a really long time, completely by accident, but somehow December 1st, I completely missed logging in. And I, I know why, because it was Sunday. Of course I work for a church. So I woke up, I have to be there at like 7:55. I woke up at like 7:42, um, and I don't know what happened. My daughter slept for once, I guess, and so I wasn't up really crazy early. So I think that's what happened. I usually wake up in the morning. One of the first things I do: open up Tesla, see what my quest is. Usually re-roll it because it's usually for a pack or something, and then, uh, and then you know, go on with my day. Didn't get a chance to do that, but uh, I've been playing Empire a little bit, and actually, I got a chance to stream. Uh, last week for a, uh, maybe an hour or two in the evening, I was holding Aria and, and just got a chance to actually chat with a couple of really cool guys um, who who joined in on the stream, who've been listening to the show, which was really awesome. If I could remember their screen names, I'd give them a shout out, but I can't remember. But we were just talking about life and family and things um, as I was streaming and, and just casually with this uh, uh, Empire deck, which I think was Foldier's Empire deck that's now been tweaked from the Masters series. Um, mm -hmm. just casually went straight to rank three at the on the last day of the month. So nice. Um, it's really it's pretty strong. I was messing around with it a little bit today when they had the opportunity. Um, but I'll definitely have more of an opportunity to play here soon because I uh, deleted Team Fight Tactics from my computer last night. Um, it wasn't a rage quit, but it was a I am done with you. I am. That's funny. Done with you. You, you gonna just... jump in on the Dota Underlords hype? It's got duo mode. It's got what mode? It's got duos. You can play with a partner. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's tempting. I I just bought Elder Scrolls Online because Black Friday had um, Elsewhere and the two expansions with the base game um, for twenty bucks. Uh, so I think that's I think that's the next. That's really good. I think that's the next one I'm checking out. So I think Elder Scrolls Online is is the next game uh i we talked off stream but uh, i picked up a new gpu for my computer so that it will actually run uh elder scrolls online and so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be checking that out um the end of this week but who knows i i did like auto chess so maybe i can be convinced to play some duos and dota underlords with the dbn yeah i i i think underlords is actually in a really good spot right now they have i don't know if teamfight tactics has this but they have what's called a jail system it's a mm. rotating jail where basically, um, you know, to kind of solve the issues that some other games have had and Dota Underlords used to have, they would, um, where, where like players would just obsessively play one strategy over and over and over again, or sure. one strategy might be really, really strong. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what happened is, is that they added a bunch of new characters and then they have a rotating jail where x number and i think right now it's like 10 characters will be removed from the ability to be drafted you know oh, what interesting. I mean? so like they won't show up in the packs right uh mm -hmm. and so that will obviously like okay well if this one character that finishes off this hunter alliance is gone right well okay i may still be able to finish the hunter alliance but i'll have to use what might be a uh, you know a less you generally you to be less good or maybe one that okay normally i would play medusa because it's got you know a scaled bonus as well as the hunter bonus but i can't get medusa because it's locked out it's in the jail so maybe i need to go for 
you know, um, Sniper, which has Deadeye and Hunter. And now I might do Hunters and Deadeye instead of Hunters and Scale. So it's got a lot. It, it really favors the more adaptive players, I feel like. And I, I've been loving it. I've been doing really well in it, which I feel like is a symptom of the game being now more suited to my more experimental mentality when i play that game even when it they didn't have a jail i would always be like oh i want to try this with this thing and see if it works and now of course you know people who are really honed in on certain strategies tend to not do as well because if they if they're obsessing about forcing one you can't just force a strategy because every day that thing might not be there yeah, right? yeah, you so it, i really love it I, yeah you have to kind of just learn be a more more of a generalist you know which i love cool. I, I really like that yeah very cool well, we There's have my pitch. Some, That's my pitch for Underworlds. For, for Dead Underworlds, I might check it out. Um, so uh, there has been some some news in Tessel, um, and some things going on, which is really cool. Um, why don't we go ahead and move on over to some Elder Scrolls news? History shall remember this day. Okay, so in the news, um, we've had a couple of things that happened. I did talk last episode a little bit about the Invade secondary nerf and the refund that we got from Soul Gems. DBN, I didn't know if you wanted to share any thoughts that you had about that, um, being as you didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk together about that last week. About the Invade nerf? Yeah, I, I didn't know. Maybe did you think it was, is it too heavy handed? Is it is it just right? Um, I mean, I have seen... Uh. I haven't seen combo invade since then because I think they've pretty much annihilated that. Uh, well, so what you can't do now is play the multiple gates and have it upgrade mm-hmm. both gates at a time. Yeah, that's how it always should have been. I mean, yes, literally when agreed. it came out, I talked to Silverfuse about how like the wording of it was really suspicious and how we were thinking like maybe this they like should have worded it differently so that this didn't happen and like and then it did happen way worse than we even thought. And so, like, uh, yeah, no, I think this is clearly the design intent. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, people are upset about it because now the ridiculously broken thing that doesn't even really make a lot of sense uh, is is gone. Okay, I don't really have a lot of pity for you, to be completely honest. Um, I don't think that ever should have been a thing. And so now that it's not a thing, I'm happy and I might even go play Invade. I haven't really touched it. Now that it, it's not cool, hipster now, DBN can go check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guilty there. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a TCG hipster. I'm always playing the stuff that nobody else wants to. Uh, but yeah, I might go check it out now because, like, I, I also don't like playing the overpowered thing. Like, I, you know, um, I, like, are you familiar with like the the magic, like types of players, different types of magic players, like Spike, Johnny, Timmy. Are you familiar with that? No. Uh-uh. It's basically a, a simple way, and, it, and it's a it's a very general, like broad thing. Okay, it's not perfect, but uh, it's a simple way to characterize the types of players and how they derive pleasure from playing a game, right? So you have Spike, and Spike just cares about winning. Spike is going to be okay, the person okay. to grind top one hundred every month. Spike, and not that they not that they don't enjoy smaller things in the game, but their primary point of enjoyment is winning and performing well. Right. So they don't mind playing the really powerful busted deck um, if it means that they're winning the game and being competitive. So, for instance, you know, if a spike goes to a tournament and and wins eight games out of 10. Right. 
Um, even if, you know, eight of those games, you know, were blowouts and the other two were in the two losses were really close. Spike is still theoretically upset because he didn't win those two games. Right. Sure. Johnny derives majority of pleasure from creating. And so, uh, a Johnny will say, okay, oh man, like I am having my own spin on things. I'm creating my own things. That's where Johnny's drive the most pleasure. I think there's a lot of Johnny's in Tesla actually. Um, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. It's it, there are a lot of people who their their greatest amount of enjoyment is found in deck building. Even newer players, really, yeah. um, non competitive level players like they're and newer players. They really do, I think, find a lot of enjoyment out of creating their own thing. And then Timmy, uh, and Timmy also often is kind of understood as a as a dumb player, uh, which is not the case. But Timmy is a player that derives satisfaction from big plays. Not necessarily mm. winning plays, not necessarily their own creation of plays, but big plays. So traditionally, like, oh, in Yu-Gi-Oh, a Timmy, you know, and Timmy was often because, like, you'd get these younger kids who would come to Magic tournaments or whatever. And Isn't that the name not... of the kid from South Park who died every time? Uh, no, that's two? Kenny. Kenny? Uh, yeah. It was close. Uh, but but Timmy's would come and they would like, oh, well, I play this cool combo. And you're like, that's cute, but I just counterspell it, right? But sure. to them, satisfaction was was through if they play ten games, they get blown out seven of them, but in three of them they win by playing this dope ass combo. You know, then they're happy, right? Um, it's about the execution of a really cool big play, big splash. You think summoning giant dragons? Okay, that's that's the standard. Sure. Blue, I summon blue eyes white dragon. That's a Timmy play, right? It's not necessarily good not play, necessarily but cool. good. It's dope. Did it right. Um, so in so my mind, I the invade combo was a Timmy was a Timmy combo. Well, it was a it was a spike in Timmy. You know, uh, once it was solved, there wasn't really much creative about it, right? Sure. It was simply right. But I mean, as a player characterization, like like I in some games have been spikes, but in Tesla, I I have I'm I'm a Johnny. I just like playing weird crap. But I still have that thing in the back of my head that, dang it, I want to win with it too, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's great if you play a couple of games and you're playing something creative. But if that creative deck loses like five or six games in a row, it's not really fun anymore. Right. And a a lot of players tend to be like one primary and one secondary, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, I, you know, I'm a Johnny. I really love creating weird, weird things and fun things, but but I also want to win with it. So it can't, it never gets too out of control or too wacky or crazy uh, because I'm not going to win with it. You know? So I always like to say like, I play uh, off meta that can still win, you know, is, is how I characterize the kind of decks I so like to build. I definitely play um, like I, I have phases um, I think. So after <laughs> um, the moons and meta, um, I was a spike. Like I just wanted to win. I grinded a lot of games I was fighting, you know, I think I ended a couple of seasons in the top, you know, two or 300 in the legend rank. Um, and then what happens is when I get into an area where I'm not like, I, I kind of become a Johnny and then I, I, I get creative, but then I just go back to the same thing over and over again. So it's like Slay Halalu for a long time. It's been Skeletons most recently, um, but I <laughs> yeah. still have that spike element, like where I, I do want to play something weird and a little janky, but 
I do, I, I do want it to be suboptimal. I do want to play around a theme a lot of times, yeah. but at the same time, I don't want to lose every game, which is why Sorcerer Skeletons is my go-to deck right now when I want to play something that's not on ladder and Tribunal Skeletons never materialized in any sort of a real way because it's fun, but it's awful and it never comes together. And so I just like, I just lose everything. I just can't play it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think kind of, I go through phases and, and there was some satisfaction kind of like the Timmy satisfaction um, when you're playing invade, when you pull off the big thing. Right. And, and it happens. It happened really consistently when you pulled off the big thing. Sometimes it does feel really good. Um, and I, I think that's interesting because you would say like, oh, that, you know, that's Timmy is not the smarter player, but some of the big plays that you could pull off in Tessel require you to be wildly intelligent. Um, <laughs> you know, I think well, of things like I, yeah, I think... path mage combo, that's like a big thing and it's really cool when it happens, mm-hmm. but you have to be super smart to know what order to play stuff in and how to play it out. Yeah. Like I, I've always said, like, I, I think like the, there's some misinterpretations of the kind of player profile things from magic and it's again it's definitely not perfect it's just a general idea of the way to understand what people have fun with not necessarily how smart they are how good they are at the game yeah but what you, know, you can enjoy. Have, but what they enjoy exactly yeah, yeah. and you know maybe a tammy will get fed up and go take a um, you know top tier meta deck that isn't super flashy because that's the thing like like you know traditionally the idea is that a timmy you know, we'll probably have fun winning, but but might have fun winning in a certain way, right? So winning by a margin of 2% versus winning by a margin of, you know, 20%, that's going to favor the Timmy. The Spike doesn't care how they win, they just want the win. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They might analyze it later to see how they could have gotten that win easier, but the point is, it's not about that individual game, it's about the result of the game. That game was, I won. Yeah, sure. And that that is, for some people, the, the sense of satisfaction at the end is to win. Mm-hmm. Um so in addition to getting some of that, we got the refund. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you felt good about getting 3,600 soul gems for free that you probably didn't expect to get. Yeah. No? I, hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, I said in the last half episode that I was glad to get it. I didn't, I wasn't one of the ones on the, on the boat of thinking that it was necessary. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm on the, at the risk of people being mad at me, sure. I didn't like that they gave it out. Mm. I mean, obviously, I'm glad I got it, right? Cool. Sure. I get some more legendaries. I still need to craft some of those Rimmin Siege Engines or whatever they are. So I haven't made any of those yet. The, whatever those are. The, the four thing, the four attack one. Mm-hmm. That, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I've always wanted to play with those, but I never craft them. So I'll probably craft those up and mess around with them at some point. But um, so cool. Yeah. Woo! Free stuff, right? I didn't like the... One, I didn't like the way it went down, where it was like a limited time, you have to claim it. That uh, is a little weird that, that you felt, only that had felt, a really small chunk of time to be able to get those gems. That felt sketchy to me, um, one. But two, even before that, I didn't like that they, I didn't like that they did that, okay? Uh, because I felt like it was giving into this mob mentality. Mm-hmm. I really don't it's like it's a dangerous this. precedent to set. It is. It's the precedent of it where we can whine and we'll get free stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's already so much goddamn whining. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's so much freaking whining in this community already. Like, I just I'm getting frustrated with it because I'm I'm 
there's I'm still finding so much joy in this game of cool things that I get to play with. And it feels like people just don't, maybe people are playing too much. I mean, I, I hate to say it, like I've been playing less and enjoying it more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, I've I mean, had a similar experience. I mean, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? But um, I just, I don't like that it felt like they were bullied into doing it. Um, I didn't really feel like any one car was necessary. It's, it would be one thing if they said, we're t- making this change. Here's the stuff. You know, here's some stuff that that feels like it's them saying, here you go. And maybe they should have done that. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done that, but I'm saying the choice to then go back later and say, oh, you know, we're placating you, appeasing the, you know, the player base. I mean, I don't like that standard. And I think that there's already so much, you know, complaining. Now people have been, you know, psychologically reinforced that if they whine about something enough they might get free stuff it's not not that there might be a balance patch not that there might be you know uh bug fixes that's all appropriate things to whine about in my opinion sure yeah get get it fixed yeah getting free stuff because i complained yeah if we get enough people to post on reddit that you're not giving us what we want then we get three free legendaries yeah i i I, that that Okay, it so, just felt like there was this huge charge for it that didn't feel even even quite fair or necessary. No, I, I I agree. I didn't understand why there were so many people outraged that didn't get a refund for a mechanic that was adjusted, it was a not a card that was adjusted. adjusted. Yeah, a mechanic adjusted that they complained and wanted adjusted. Like yeah. the the it, it seemed to me that the same people or very, a similar group of people. Um, who were making who were upset that the mechanic wasn't being changed then got upset when the mechanic did get changed and they weren't rewarded for getting what they wanted yeah um as, yeah and i i didn't actually bring that up when i talked about it because i just didn't really want to get into it but you're right like i, I mean, my first reaction i think someone messaged on our discord and said hey log in you get 3600 gems right now and i said that is a dangerous thing to start doing yeah um, that is dangerous. Look, I mean, I just like I just got an email. Now I know it's a very different thing, of course. They're in beta, they're trying to stir up support for it. But I just got an email from Nifgard saying, Happy holidays. Here's some free codes. They work the same for everybody. You know, everyone that everyone can use the code once and it'll give you three free packs and a cool card back. Go ahead and use it. Happy holidays, guys, right? That's great. Yeah. Free if free stuff's not the problem. It's the way that sure. it's it's bullying the company to get free stuff because the company is scared of bad press yeah because on thanksgiving we got free stuff um on on thanksgiving we actually got what uh a a, a, a jaws pack a regular pack and an arena ticket for free in the game yeah if you logged in on thanksgiving day they basically (laughs) said like hey we're thank we're, we're thankful for you here is two free packs and an arena ticket and that's great. Like that, that's awesome. And I'm, you're never going to hear me complain about that. I thought that was great. It wasn't necessary. Thought it was great. But it does set a strange. It sets a strange thing in place that if if people get outraged enough on Reddit and and they get enough negative feedback on something that the community can kind of force them into giving them money and or, or free. I mean, it is money, right? It is sort of. 
yeah, I mean, the, the gems have value in some way, right? You would have, if you wanted to just go get those gems you that day, you probably would have had to, you know, spend some money bucks. to buy some packs or something. Sure. Um, so, you know, it, 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 maybe it's not money, but it's them giving you value of some type. Um, and so yeah, it, it is yeah, it's again, dangerous. It's this, it, yeah. And it's not this one situation that's really the problem. It's the way that it unfolded and the precedent that it sets. And again, yeah. you know, I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't blame you for not wanting to get into it, but I, like I always tell the kids that I coach, I don't mind being the bad guy if because if it's something that I, I believe in and if it's something that I that I find a problem with. Mm-hmm. So sorry, if you don't agree, that's OK. We don't have to agree. Um, yeah. But that's that's where I'm at. It, it 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 bothers me. And it concerns me. It bothers me on a personal note. Because I don't, I mean, I'm a, I'm a student of history, all right? I have, I have a degree in history. And when you start appeasing people, it doesn't work out. There's like, I can, I can tell you a dozen examples off the top of my head of where people just kept appeasing and doesn't work out, okay? Like, it's just, it's not a great way to do business. It's not a great way. And, and it really, frankly, like, even on a minor moral scale, it just feels slimy. So, I... <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I won't, I, <laughs> I'm not going to adventure that far to say that it's, it's, it's immoral or morally slimy to, 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 to give up the gyms, but I don't disagree with you in any way that it is a dangerous thing to start doing. I hope that we don't see any more of it. Um, I, I don't, I just don't want to give, it's like you, you're, you're giving quite a bit of power to people who are willing to jump on Reddit and write a negative post about That's you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying that the people who got the gems and were happy are the problem. Not at all. I'm not even saying the people that questioned the decision for them not to give gems out for the nerf are the problem necessarily. It just this it's the it's the level of entitlement that concerns me. Hmm. You know, we are owed this. No, you're not. I mean, I'm ultimately it's you still have the card. They didn't delete the cards. They didn't put them in a hall of fame. Okay. The cards say the cards say the same dang thing. Honestly, yeah, invades not as good. Is it still playable? Yeah, like mechanics changes that, frankly, the community at large wanted were implemented. It just the situation felt odd, and and the level and being entitled to it is what concerns me. Not the, you know, should I? I do think, frankly, it would have been really big of Sparky Pants to have said. Hey, we're making these mechanics changes. We understand it's going to affect the power level of these cards in an indirect way. Here's some cool stuff. I think they sure. should have done that. I think the foresight there would have been, you know, somebody in that room should have been like, hey, maybe we should give people some some stuff, you know. Before they get mad. Well, before they get <laughs> mad, or just to show that we care, right? Sure. So, like, I it's a multifaceted issue and I really don't want to come off too judgmental of any, any one individual. I just, the mob mentality concerns me. Mm. And it has, I mean, this isn't the only example of that. We've seen that over and over again. You know, I mean, no offense to anybody who does, but I don't go on Reddit much just because I don't want to get involved in that. It's a hot, it's a hot mess. Because I look at things and I, and I think, Oh, I have a, I have a, I have an insightful response, and then I realize if I type out this dang insightful response, it's just going to stir things up more, and like uh, you're just going to get trolled back. You're, too. you're just you're just going to it's just going to either either people are just going to ignore it if they don't want to hear it, or people worse people get angry and start raging back, and or take it out of context. And I, I just don't like that method 
of engagement. And so I just don't use Reddit very often. Sometimes I do. You know, there's a couple people who tag me on things. Like, you know, some, some good wholesome wholesome I, threads that i'll I respond to it all the, i used to be on it all the time until jeff uh from our our discord and our admin decided he would do the posting for the show on the reddit and and manage the subreddit and i was like oh, Boom. That's, yeah. yes. oh i i wash my hands of you reddit yeah. I, i'm checking <laughs> out i'll get the highlights in my email if there's something like that gets a lot of upvotes or a lot of downvotes i'm sure i'll get to take a look at it for the show i don't need to come visit you anymore peace um and i <laughs> I was fine with that, but there is something new for people to complain about. And I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think we're going to complain about it, but it is pretty cool. And that is that we have a, well, it's funny because everything that you bring up in the news is something that someone's been complaining about. It seems recently. Um, but let's talk about the Chinese server. So recently uh, DT blade um, produced a video, basically giving you a quick tour of the Chinese server and some of the features. So if you don't know this, um, games are released very differently in China than they are here. So for a game to be released, you have to have sort of like, uh, it, it, it's a completely different developer. Um, so Bethesda is still involved and still owns the game in China, but Sparky Pants isn't the person who produces it or puts it out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know what the proper term is there, but they're not the ones who do it. So it's an, it's an entirely different company. So it looks entirely different. The interface is different. Um, the marketing is different. Everything about the game is, is different with the exception of the cards are the same, the quests are the same, and you have a lot of the same artwork. Um, so there was a couple of key differences. And I think the one, if you, I encourage you just go, go to DT Blades YouTube and watch it. But I think there's at least a couple of the features in this new thing that we would want to talk about. I don't know about you, but I, I think the biggest one for me, DBN was the battle pass. Was that about the biggest one for you? Um, there was actually several features that I thought were really, really cool. We can talk about the battle pass first though. Yeah, so the battle pass is, I think it's a seasonal thing that you um, you can purchase, right? And there's a free version and a paid version. If you played Fortnite, it's very similar to that. Um, but you would be able to pay for it. And I think their, their sort of quote unquote season isn't monthly. It is between expansions. So for us, it'd be about every three months. And understand that this, this particular client only has the base set in Dark Brotherhood in it. So it, do, it doesn't mm -hmm. have anything other than that in it right now. So uh, it's even before I started playing because I started playing during Heroes of Skyrim. Um, and so uh, the, the battle pass, basically you level up by playing games and it gives you packs of cards and gems and uh, glyphs, which are, are basically wild cards that you're seeing yeah. in, mm -hmm. in Magic the Gathering. It's in Legends of Runeterra. It's in Mythgard as well. Mm -hmm. um, and they're basically like a common wild card. It's a glyph. You can just use it to craft any common card that you want. Um, and then you also sort of unlock pieces of the Madhouse collection. And so some of these other um collections and monthly reward cards that they've put on the past they're giving out groupings of them through the battle pass if you pay for the premium version of the battle pass and you level up and then once you hit max level instead of stopping you can actually continue to level throughout the season as long as you want and every time you level it gave you 35 more gold so in addition to getting you know a, a sack of gold every three wins you're also getting 35 gold every time you leveled up on the battle pass um, I, my initial thoughts on this was, wow, it's pretty stinking cool. But DBN, what did you think about the battle pass feature? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, it's battle pass isn't really done in CCGs that much. As far as I know, I don't think at all. That's the first I mean, I see one in a CCG. There's like a pseudo CCG game. Um, but, uh, that I know that has it, 
but it, again, it's not super, it's not a big name thing, but it's not, and it's not even truly a CCG, which is many masters has a, has one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting way to, uh, way to approach it, especially because of the, like it was lumping in a lot of the Madhouse collection cards and the monthly rewards cards into that. So you could get it through the battle pass of crafting it. Um, so if you missed out on like the monthlies from, you know, one of the months, like right now you have to go craft them. You can't get them any other way. But I think that could be an interesting way to go back and get some of those, uh, especially if they all alter- like offered altered art, uh, which would be the only way to apply it in this setting. I, I will say, I actually had a conversation with one of the people on my uh, YouTube page, um, uh, actually on the last episode that we did uh, where um, we talked about story expansions and we talked about like why we thought they were really good and they should bring it back. And, and he said, I really hate story expansions, but I don't hate story. Um, he's like, I mm. like story. He's like, but I hate story expansions because I don't like the idea of paying for something and not getting the cards right away to use instead of having to grind through a story to get access to the things I just paid for. Right. Uh, and I kind of floated the idea, you know, kind of talking with him like, well, okay, well, what if you got all the cards right at the beginning and instead completing the story gave you card backs, alternate arts, maybe like, uh, you know, a couple premiums or, you know, gems or gold or whatever, you know, titles, right? And he's like, yeah, that would make a lot more sense. The thing I would be concerned about implementing a battle pass is the idea that you pay for the battle pass. And it's the thing I don't like about battle passes, frankly, in a lot of other games. You pay for the battle pass, and then you have to actually grind a lot of games to get what you paid for. Otherwise, it's yes. actually a bad investment, right? Um, and I right now, like I, I buy the Apex Legends battle pass every season uh, because that's the only thing I spend money on in that game. It's my way of kind of supporting a game that I've gotten hundreds of hours of enjoyment out of, and because they actually play the game enough with my buddies to complete the battle pass, right? It comes down to the wire but I get it done. You get it. Right. Um, and I, so I can see there being some concern there, especially frankly for a Western audience who is a little bit sick of the, you know, the battle pass method of, you know, payment method, uh, not liking. So I'm not sure if it would translate well, what I did like the wild cards. That's the new standard. Yeah. That needs that's going to gonna be the new standard and Tesla would be wise to adapt to it. That um, needs to happen, man. Legend of Terra yeah. uses it and it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I love it uh, in Mythgard. In fact, I've been holding on to a couple like uh, like mythics or basically legendaries, uh, mythic uh, wild cards for a couple of colors because I'm not sure which one I want. I can't decide, so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to wait till I pull one of them and then pick the other with my wild card. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I yeah, okay, I, I'm I'll, I'm just saying, like, I like it. Uh, I hope Tesla might implement it. I'm kind of skeptical, but we'll see. Um, yeah, you I know, mean, a, ba- a battle pass sort of itches a spot for me. Hmm? It, the battle pass itch is a spot for me. Like, I I like that. Um, I actually really loved it when I played Fortnite for like two seasons, just sort of messing around with it. Actually, what got me to come back and keep playing was I love leveling up and I love completing. Like games. advancement. Yes, I love that. And I, when I the only that. advancement is like stars back and forth, sometimes I can get frustrated and just quit playing. And once I hit legend and I know I'm not going to be able to reach top 100 legend because I just don't have the time or the skill set to do it. Um, I'm basically done for the month. Like I don't have anything to do other than log in and complete my quest, which is advancement for me. If there was a battle pass to finish off and level up in, like there would be reason for me to come back and keep grinding games um, and continue to play the game. That would actually get me to play Tessel 
way more. The thing that got me to play Hearthstone a ton was grinding 500 wins in every class to get the golden classes. Once <laughs> I had it, I lost interest a couple months later and never went back to Hearthstone because that sense of advancement, even when I was losing games, um, I was still, I, I guess you had to win games, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, even though I was, I was losing, but I was learning and I was grinding those games towards the 500 wins, even if I wasn't playing ranked, even if I wasn't trying to get to legend or knew I wasn't going to get to legend. Um, so I, I like that. Give me some more stuff to achieve. And sure. they gave us, they have the battle pass they also have some other things in there that they have to work towards as well which i but, thought were really cool yeah they had like uh color attribute levels so like yes. as you play colors you would advance your attribute level now i can imagine that getting cleared pretty darn quickly which is Especially a problem with, with tricolor yeah well also with like the the leveling system for you know like like 50 levels or whatever that's currently in tassel for your profile level like that was that that, that that's a breeze and i it's honestly antiquated in my mind. Like, I don't like player profile leveling, but I can see the battle pass being fun if, here's the thing, if it's not something where it's giving you cards that you already have, or that you don't already have, I mean. Like, I would, I don't think I would enjoy it if I could only get this this one card through that. Hey, say like a, oh, you can only get this. If it was like a Madhouse collection that got dropped, like that level of, Thing that got dropped along in a battle pass where i have to progress to get access to those cards no sure but like alternate arts card bats yes, like yes, i did look yes, at that yes, i yes, felt yes. like i felt like the battle pass was maybe even a little sparse for my taste when i looked at it in this video and like the rewards like a lot of you know here's 100 gold and some gems and uh arena ticket or whatever and mm -hmm. i was like i've got 50 freaking arena tickets i don't need any more arena tickets but i'll tell you what card backs titles uh, especially goofy titles. Yes, I, card could go, yes. I really am still waiting for them to add a player profile, like the little portraits. I want more portraits in the game. Yeah, give I mean, us those play, are give things I'd spend money on. I, I actually forgot. I was going to spend money on the last. I was going to spend 20 bucks to get the, the alternate art. Uh, Black Dragon. Like, yeah, Black Dragon. And then there was one of the, uh, the rares that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. There's only one rare, and it was a uh, Crown Quartermaster. Is she rare? Uh, no, no, no. It, it was two. It was two rares, I think, or maybe it was a common. But there was like, yeah, yeah Crown Quartermaster was one that I really like and I play a lot of. And there was another one that I thought all the ones were were good, and it was a decent deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I ended up forgetting and not buying it. But uh, <laughs> oh well. well I, and I, I wish yeah. I could go back and get those in a battle pass. Mm -hmm. or yeah. introduce new stuff in the battle pass and if you don't want to get titles or new card backs or you know alternate art then you don't get the battle pass and that's fine right. um you're right i wouldn't want like the madhouse collection for me locked behind a wall where the only way that i could get my hands on it is if i not only bought the battle pass but then i grinded it the whole way out to level 100 um i wouldn't like that either i would do it but i wouldn't love it but if you gave me cosmetics at the end of that that grind i would still grind it and i would enjoy it and i would be very happy for the cosmetics at the end of it as well you know what else i thought was really interesting although i don't think it would be used i mean i've got to imagine exactly. like the chinese internet situation makes this you know useful like they they probably don't get access to legends decks and stuff like that because i know that internet works differently in china and like mm -hmm. the websites are different but they had the feature where you could go to the leaderboard and they had leaderboards yes. classes, the class leaderboard, which I think would be dope. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would ever use it, but I think it'd be cool for the people that are interested in that. Um, I change decks too often to 
get any use out of mm-hmm. that. But go over to, you would go to the leaderboard, and on the leaderboard, it would show their most played deck yep. on their way to that rank. And you can look at that deck list. It'll mm-hmm. tell you how much you need to craft it. And then you can spend one gold, and, and that gold goes to that player. It doesn't go to the ether. It goes to yes, that player. Yes, yes, And yes. it'll it'll copy that deck list into your um into mm-hmm. your collection deck collection thing. Right? It'll uncompleted, it, but it'll copy that deck list. Now, obviously, I don't know how much that would get implemented or how much that would be utilized considering we have legends decks. But I love the idea of it being public knowledge what people are playing at the top levels. I think that's really cool. Some people really not like it. I I would love to see it. I think that'd be interesting. And I don't, you know, I don't use Legends decks that much, not going to lie. I very rarely go on that site, uh, but I appreciate it. Uh, But like, I don't, I don't know how much the one gold exchange thing would be necessary, but looking at the, being able to look at the deck list and see what people are playing up at those high ranks. I feel like that's really neat. And I I think that'd be cool. Unless you're one of those players up there who are really, for some reason, stingy about showing off your deck lists in which case well sure i think that would be frustrating for some folks who are are ladder warriors and want to come up with unique decks they don't want people to know about them but i love the one gold exchange and here's here's the reason why one gold would never mean a thing to me i would never care i Mm -hmm. i would go i if i wanted to go play crusader i'd be like you know what i'm really feeling like playing crusader today i'm gonna go in look at the top crusader lists i'm gonna pick one of the top five i'm gonna copy it it's going to send that person a gold because copying it and sending that person a gold is easier than me pulling out my iPhone, taking a picture of the screen um, <laughs> to get an idea of what your deck is, and then going into my manager and crafting it. The one gold is easily worth that much time for me. Five gold is worth yeah. that. Five, I think- five gold of money that isn't a real thing is well worth not wasting my time doing that. And then the next time that person logs in, you know, me and maybe, you know, 40 other people or 150 other people, or if you're, if you're rank one, maybe 4,000 other people did it. You log in and you get a couple of thousand gold because people were willing to copy your deck for a gold. I think that's awesome. I, I, well, I think, I think more than anything else, it is a cool thing, less about the gold, but more about the, Oh, people liked my deck enough to want to, it's a basically in my mind with the world of legends decks, I don't think people would ever do it for the utility of copying the deck much, obviously sometimes sure. Largely, I think there's enough stingy people that play these games, specifically digital card games. They wouldn't want to do that. But they may do it as a tipping mechanism. Like, thanks for the deck list, bud. That's a great deck list. Boom. I mean, I would probably do that. Go and be like, oh, let me copy this. Oh, that was sweet. Tip. You know what I mean? Like, there's something fun about being able to in-game thank somebody for coming up with something cool. I like that a lot. I actually really like that too. And it would even be cool if they gave that, it, it was like a tip option, right? Like you click the copy button and you could, you could like, it'd be like a, a one, three, five and 10 gold tip that you could send the person or you could mm-hmm. enter a custom amount. Now that it gets a little bit sketchy, right? Cause then if I, if I know that I want to give a whole bunch of gold to your account, like you probably couldn't do a custom amount, right? Because if I knew I wanted to give a whole bunch of gold to your account, yeah, PBN, and I, yeah, I could go over there and, find your it would deck have to be, and then yeah. tip you 5,000 gold um, and you could then slide me money in real life, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I what you could do you is basically that, get but... multiple accounts and then start play like, multiple accounts and then start throwing all the gold you make into one account 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how efficient that would be, but people would probably, someone would probably do it. But yeah, no, the, the idea, the, the general concept of being able to say thanks for the deck or even upvoting, hell, even if it's not tipping with a gold, even just upvoting someone's cool thing that they're doing I, in client. That's cool. Right in client. I like yeah. that general vague idea. The leaderboard concept is a really cool one, and it it's really cool because then it gives you rewards as well. And so they have another form of currency in the game. So it's not just golden gems. They also sort of have like a meta, um, like currency. Um, I, and I honestly I don't like that. You know, like every game, like uh, you get like in Elder Scrolls Blades, like you have gold, you have resources, and then you also have green gems, and you can go buy stacks of green gems in the store. I don't actually like that because it no. makes it feel more mobile than it does an actual card game. It, it feels more like a mobile game. Um, but you, one of the cool parts is, is that every month you got a reward um, if you were at the top of the leaderboard um, for Legend or if you were at the top of the leaderboard for any one of the particular classes. And then every season you could get an even better reward if you were at the top. So if you were just an avid Crusader player for three months and you were able to just grind games and stay at the top of those leaderboards, you're going to get rewarded for staying at the top of the Crusader leaderboards. Not as much, but in a similar way to getting rewarded for staying at the top of Legend. I thought that was a really cool feature too. And it kind of encourages you to sort of pick a class and have it as a bit of an identity, right? Like I'm the guy, you, you know, sure. you could have someone who's like, they're the person who's always at the top of the mage ladder. Right. Sure. Um, and I think that's a really cool feature and gives a little bit more identity and gives people the ability to sort of like, yes, I am a player of this particular class of this particular play style. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can show evidence for that and some credibility for my deck building in this specific class and, and my play style in this specific class based off the fact that I've been at the top of these leaderboards repeatedly. Um, I think that that's a really cool thing. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think it's totally an awesome agree. feature to be added. That, um, I mean, that's never something I would mess with, but that's not to say that I wouldn't uh, like, I, I can't see any reason why that shouldn't be implemented because it's, there are people who would really like that. You know, I mean, I know people who would really like that because they consider themselves specialists in certain classes and they really like certain classes and they play those predominantly. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be sweet. Or, you know, even if uh, I, for myself, right. Like I play a, a wide variety of stuff, but if I knew like, you know what, I'm, I'm really feeling like I want to play empire right now, or I'm really playing like I want to play um, Daggerfall. Let's say I'm mm-hmm. playing, I want to play Daggerfall covenant. Am I going like, Oh, you know what? I know for a fact that DBN has played a lot of Daggerfall Covenant and he has a, a, like a handful of decks. I'm going to go look and see if I can find him on the leaderboard. Oh, you know, maybe you're not at the top, but oh, this is the Daggerfall Covenant deck that he's been playing this season. Mm, yeah, I, oh, I want to play his because I know that he's especially, a Daggerfall Covenant player. So I'm going to tip him a Especially if there's play. like a search feature where you can search for player specifically. Yes, yeah. yeah and it's like, hey, I'll give this guy a gold because he came up with this deck. I'm going to go try his deck. I, I sort of can find the decks of the players that I like their play style or I enjoy their deck building and I can go throw them a tip and copy their deck. It'd be cool to be able to follow deck builders and stuff. That's awesome. You know what would be better than paying a a gold to copy the list? Paying a gold to reveal the list. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be way cooler. I mean, and then once you reveal it, you can copy it. Yes. I mean, but then if somebody really wants to know what, you know, Indo's playing at the top of the ladder or Flo is playing at the top of the ladder. Okay, boom, 
there's gold. Now I know, sure, somebody might tip the gold and then share it to everyone. Sure. Yeah, sure. True. But I do, that's where I think the ease of use is different. I think that the ease of use of, you know, oh, here's the list. I'll just copy it. I'll screenshot it and then enter it manually versus, okay, I have to go on Reddit, hunt it down and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then it might change. Like, I think the, yeah, I think that would be really cool. It's like a pay a gold to reveal the list, see it for yourself, copy it, go. And then of course, you know, the list might change over time as the players make tech choices and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that would be a cool way to do it. It would be curious to know kind of how they do it from the back end. Like Mm -hmm. if, Mm -hmm. if this person's at the top rank, does when you click reveal the deck, does it reveal the deck that they played in their most recent game? Or does it reveal the deck they post? Okay, the one that they played the most. Yeah, on, yeah, okay. on this season. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. you could hide the deck, right? Just like grind a bunch of games, get up the ladder, and then your last one just play a completely different deck, so people can't figure. Yeah, out you could. I mean, people playing. do that. People do that. Mm-hmm. Like they'll get all the way up to legend, and then like top one hundred is a very different meta from. Oh, very different. Rank four, you know. I mean, oh, even when I even when I would be up in in you know top. 500 and there's a couple times where i played around in top 100 and you know i, I never really tried to, to finish there i just don't play enough to want to continually log in and make sure okay am i still in top 100 better play some games i just i'm not that kind of person that would stress me out and i wouldn't have fun doing it but even when i would just kind of casually end my season in the top 500 or so um, that environment is very, very different from when you're playing in four and five, and you can assume that people are not going to be playing as many experimental things. And if they are playing something experimental, you know it's not going to be weird garbage. It's going to be something with a game plan intact. You could probably start deciphering, oh, this is Steeler Secrets. Okay, got to be aware of that. You know, so yeah. even the things that are weird are not going to usually be bad. So you no. take that into consideration and say, all right. I can make these certain judgment calls. And, and so, of course, you structure your decks differently in those environments where this, you're going to see less ridiculous greed piles, probably, maybe not. Depends there's, on the environment. But there's you're never gonna really see, the opportunity when you're in that top section where you can just exhale and be like, oh, okay, this deck sucks. I'm going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, well, you exactly. always got to be vigilant. And heck, I mean, you can play some weird stuff. I mean, I played Animal Monk in the top 500 for a season and it went 500, you know? Hmm. Uh, I mean, it 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 did okay. It wins the game, it loses the game. Wins the game, it loses the game. And it wasn't a very good deck, but I was a good player and good enough to. It was also not bad enough to be, you know, hot garbage. I mean, hell, you know, with animals, you still get cliff racers. <laughs> yes. So you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, go check out DT Blades channel, guys. Um, you'll be able to see that video. It's not super long, but he kind of goes through some of the things that are different there. Um, it's not enough to make me go, want to go over and make an account on it. I mean, if you do, I think he said no, you have to do like an emulator. It's or emulator. Work. Yeah. But it's more an interesting thing where, okay, these this is a it's the same game, but put in the hands of different developers and they made a different you know, client and here are some of the ideas they had. And maybe these are ideas that Sparky Pants might look to to, to include down the road probably not soon don't don't get in your minds it's going to be soon but i mean that's a lot of work that they have to do to, to implement client changes but that might give them a cool idea and we might see that that might be the inspiration they need 
We had the exact same thing with Hearthstone. The Hearthstone Chinese client looked way different than the Hearthstone NA client. And it had many of the same features that the Legends client has in terms of leaderboards and rewards. Um, And we never, we have never, ever, ever got that in Hearthstone. So um, yeah. Yeah, I think the culture is a bit different too, though. (laughs) Well, yes, that is true. Let's um, let's move over to uh, let's move over to our our big topic for the day, um, and you know it might not be a, a huge topic, but it, it's a pretty big topic and something that me and DVN had wanted to sort of dive into a little bit, and that is sort of how do you get started with content creation? How do you dive in if you've been thinking about becoming a content creator? You've been thinking maybe I'm going to stream, maybe I'm a podcast, maybe I want to do some YouTube videos, maybe I want to write some a- any sort of content creation. How do you get started and how daunting is it? Because it seems rather daunting sometimes to get started into it. Um, and we had a couple of questions who came in over our Discord that I think that we should maybe address right at the beginning because it'll get our conversation going. And this is a great one. It came from Beefquake. He says, um, it's a simple question. How do you find an audience? Content doesn't mean much without eyes and ears to consume it. Um. I mean, do you want me to answer first? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, the, the first thing that's interesting about that is that um, the idea that content doesn't mean anything unless people watch it. And I would push back against that notion just a touch uh, because content um, may not, you, you, you get that impression at first until you realize that sometimes content is way more useful as a tool for self-growth um Mm -hmm. and to be able to look at yourself and so like i mean when you first start streaming you have you know if if streaming was what you wanted to do or if youtube is what you wanted to do doesn't matter but i'm going to use streaming as an example because it's simpler when you start streaming you're gonna have a lot of streams where you see between zero and five viewers and it usually will be like oh look i've got five viewers wow and then oh they left darn (laughs) right that's how it goes guys that's how it goes that's that's, uh, every one of my streams so far has been between zero and five right but that doesn't mean that the content you make there is without value because nobody watched it because you improved and you probably got ideas of how you can engage better, improve the channel, you know, ha- add peripherals, look at, oh man, that my sound wasn't great there. I just noticed that. I wouldn't have known that had I not produced this content that no one watched, right? And then, you know, that, you know, those micro improvements that you develop through making content and people, maybe you even get bad feedback on it. And that might make you feel bad, but you go and say, okay, well, wow. All right. And yeah, guy might've been a jerk in the way he said it, but that's something to look at. Maybe I need to improve on this. Right. Um, and so you can look and say, okay, well, they didn't like my lighting. All right. Well, great. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have made this content. Or heck, you know, you look at your own channel and say, man, would I would I watch this? If no, why not? Right. So, yeah, that's just the one thing. But then growing an audience is, I think, just about it's about a couple of things. One, um, I think it's about just being a reg, you know, regularly producing something. Sure. It's consistency. Right. Because I think there's a certain degree pressing that follow button isn't much, at least on, you know, follow or subscribe or whatever. It doesn't take much, but it does represent this small investment in the eyes of the person who clicked it, right? Because they're going to receive notifications when your videos drop. You know, they're going to be, you know, um, it's going to pop up in their little follow bar on Twitch, you know, on YouTube, right? Um, And so they don't want to follow someone 
likely uh, if that person has just started streaming. They don't know when they're going to stream or they don't know when their next video is going to be. They have no idea there. I didn't see any YouTube growth um, until I, I started committing to making at least two videos a week. I didn't really see any growth. I would post a video sporadically once. You know, I posted, you know, oh, here's a video. And then two weeks later, here's another video. And then a video the next day, but then no video for four weeks. Sure. People mm -hmm. don't get behind that kind of content. It's not saying you have to have a rigorous schedule, but you have to have some sort of a schedule in mind. And if you can't meet it some days, that's okay. But that's what's going to bring in viewers because they're going to know what to expect. People like knowing what to expect. So that's kind of how you grow the audience. I'm not sure if that really answered the question. Uh, yeah. but and I think for me personally, um, the the question was, uh, how do you how do you find an audience? Find an audience. Um, I, I agree with the fact that if you're if my thing is really if you're not enjoying it, I think one of the best ways to find an audience True. is to enjoy what you're doing. Yep. Um, because if you're not enjoying it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And and I did a Hearthstone podcast. I I did fifty five or fifty six episodes weekly episodes of a Hearthstone podcast. Um, and I never had, I don't know that we ever have really had any listeners. Um, I never had anybody email me um, in over a year of recording, but I did it with two buddies and I really enjoyed doing it. And I learned a tremendous amount without listeners. Um, I learned a tremendous amount about microphones, about equipment, um, about audacity, about all of these programs that I can use. And now that I'm back to podcasting after a year or so break, um, I have learned way, way, way more about it and um and about how to make a show better how to make audio better things like that so you are kind of always learning things um and but i i'll be honest with you like find a gap mm -hmm. i know that sounds crazy it just find a gap it's about finding a space where you don't see it happening if you go and you're looking for content and you're not finding it you're not the only one wanting content and not finding it mm -hmm. Um, so I was always a podcast listener and I loved listening to podcasts while mowing the grass or driving in my car. And when I got back into legends, I began looking for a podcast and literally the only one that I can find was podcast at a time, which was DBN's podcast. And he hadn't done an episode in a while. And I was mm -hmm. like, there, I just realized there is no weekly show for this game. Mm -hmm. I was like, there is a gap here. There's a void. And I can't be the only person pulling up Apple podcasts and searching for Elder Scrolls Legends and being disappointed that there's not a weekly show. There has to be somebody else out there that's doing that. And as it turns out, there's a couple hundred other people who were doing the same thing. And they found Legends Cast because I would just opened up my computer one night, plugged a USB microphone in that I, I borrowed from the church and just started talking. I, I, I Googled a couple of which we can get into resources in a second, but yeah, yeah I think, thing. yeah, looking, looking for a gap because I think there's some resource suggestions that we're able to give. The other question that we had was how do you keep the game you choose and build an audience from, um, from becoming a grind or a chore? And I think that DBN, you're definitely best to speak to that. Well, to a certain degree, you can't sure. because but, uh, there will always be that idea of burnout. It happens. You cannot work like work. I mean, whatever you say, content creation is work. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a very few people that can go on, hit, start streaming, and stream and not have it feel different. Maybe not bad different, but not have it feel different from them sitting and playing the game they love by themselves. And usually, you don't pick a game you don't. You, you don't pick a game if you don't love it. 
people don't start making content for things they don't like. Okay. So it's, you have to start realizing if you choose to create content, it often will recontextualize both the enjoyment of a game that you're, that you're making content for, as well as the purpose of when you sit down to play it. Um, so like, but there's great things that come alongside that too, right? One of the things I don't think I really counted on, like when I started streaming it, I never, my expectations were always minor. It's like, oh, I love, I love playing this game. I want to get more involved in the community, you know, and I want to kind of, this is a, something I've seen people do streaming. They seem to have fun. They build a community. That sounds cool. I want to do that. I want that, you know, part of my engagement with this game that I like. Right. And I get that. And, and I, and I got that. Right. Because now I have, a dozen or so people who are regulars in my channel, even when I don't stream super often, who always come by and they give me great ideas and feedback on things. And I mean, I can name off a bunch of people, you know, but, but the point is that becomes the new focus, not necessarily the game itself. And you have to reconcile that fact that a lot of times the game will feel not necessarily like a chore. Um, but that what you're doing has an end goal outside of it being for enjoyment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I played some rounds of Tesla today, not particularly because I knew that I wanted to, but I knew that I was podcasting about it tonight. Hadn't spent a ton of time on the ladder, wanted to go spend a little bit of time on the ladder. And it was almost like research as much mm -hmm. as it was yeah. playing a couple of mm -hmm. games of Tesla. It was like, research. it was research because I didn't want to feel like I had no idea what I was talking. I mean, in comparison to a lot of players, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but like, I didn't want to feel like a complete buffoon getting on the show. And also I don't want to feel disingenuous. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what, uh, here's the other thing I noticed, and this is why I didn't continue any sort of a streaming pattern, was when I would sit down at my computer and boot up Tesla, if I wasn't booting up OBS, I would feel guilty. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. is not a good place to be in. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this earlier, the idea that like I, I went to uh, visit my parents about an hour away and I can't stream from my laptop. It won't handle it. And I was like, I am not bringing my desktop no right uh so i went and i played on my phone and i realized i can do a little bit of research here and i still did that a bit with tesla i got to admit uh, where like i was like okay what am i going to play on what am i going to play for youtube next week when i'm back mm -hmm. what is it but i did find myself dropping some games on decks that i just like playing even though i've made videos on them before I dropped some games on Daggerfall, item Daggerfall, just because I love it. I dropped some games on Goblin Scout, or Goblin Monk, excuse me. I've been wanting to play Goblin Scout because everybody's talking about it. Uh, but I've been playing Goblin Monk. And, I mean, I can't lose with that deck. Holy crap, that deck is... Mm. I do a, like Goblin Monk. That's a Goblin Monk right now feels stupid strong. And mm -hmm. I, I, can't seem to, I can't seem to have a, a losing record with that anytime I sit down. I mean, uh, just for anyone out there who's listening and you're looking for a deck, Goblin it's fun. Monk. Try that Goblin Monk. DT Blade's got a bunch of videos. I've got videos on it. I think Silverviews has a video on it. Laser probably. Well, no, I don't think Laser does. But the point is, check it out. That deck's dope. It's so good. But I like playing it, but I'm never going to play it on stream. I'm never going to play that on YouTube because part of and we can talk about this in a minute, part of my brand is that I play lots of different things. I don't just sit and grind the same deck and that can in a weird way be limiting 
right? And you have to think about, you have to think about parts. Part of it is like, think about what's limiting you through your content creation and deciding whether that's an acceptable limiting factor. Because there's something to be said for like, if you make a bunch of videos, like five videos in a row on Goblin Monk, people are not going to want to watch it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. some people will. People who really like you might, but it's not going to be the same as if you mix things up. At the same time, you know, uh, by doing that and saying, I'm never going to play the same thing twice, or at least I'm going to have a big break between playing the same thing twice. Um, you also are telling yourself it's not, it's not okay subconsciously. You start to say, oh, it's not okay to play that deck that you like because you've already made a video. Like, don't go do that. You need to keep innovating, keep innovating, keep innovating. And eventually your brain just wants some familiarity and you start like getting weirded out by like this idea of, I can't, I'm running out of new ideas, right? And, and that's where you have to understand sometimes it's okay to just take a break or to say, you know what? My audience may not find the most value out of it, but I will, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay because ultimately if you can't sustain it, you're not, you're going to end up quitting. You're going to end up stopping. I mean, there's a reason I'm taking a break from streaming right now is because I couldn't sustain it. Um, and I stream irregularly now and that's good enough, right? It's just going to have to be good enough for the people that support me and people that support my, you know, uh, content. Sorry, I wish I could stream more, but just your personal well-being comes first. Because if your personal well-being goes, there isn't any content in the first place. Um, I mean, so so that's a big thing. And I guess the other thing too is like this is just very minor. Then I want to hear what you have to say, Mark, because I'm interested, especially on the podcasting side of things, because you kind of run a lot more of the stuff than I do. Sure. Um, but um, the last thing I, I will say is like. Um, when you're setting the expectations for what con- time, kind of content you are going to make, be very careful about making that setting that in stone, because people mm. will start expecting that. And you know, there's a certain level of entitlement, but I, you know, that comes along with viewership. I mean, in, in like across everything, we're all guilty of it. We all feel entitled to certain things of the things that we, you know, patronize. You know, um, so I'm. We're all guilty. I'm not calling anyone out. But that's just the truth. If you mm-hmm. set those expectations publicly, I'm going to do this, and then you realize you can't follow through. One, there's guilt that comes with that, which you don't mm-hmm. want involved in the content you make. Two, you have to now either pursue it without the hopes of achieving it, um, you know, or you have to double back on what you said, and neither of them feel very good. So, so just be honest and say, I think I want to do this. I might do this. I can try this. Uh, but before you said any type of, oh, I am a this streamer, I am a that streamer, I'm the mage guy. Well, if you're the mage guy and you get tired of mage, what are you going to do? Yeah, you got to be, be very, the scout guy. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you don't, very I don't want my, I don't want my brand. I don't want to have like a logo made that says, uh, Mark Lutz, the mage guy, because yeah. if I suddenly don't want to be the mage guy, I have two options. Either I can quit or I have to rebrand. Right. Well, and just be very careful about set. You want to avoid setting too many limiting factors on the type of content you create, um, because it, you know, even 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 just being, I'm the Tesla guy, mm-hmm. that can be damning. I'm I know, and I'm not gonna call them out, but I know several people right now, like almost two hands of people who are who made their name, quote unquote, in Tesla, uh, or actually, I also know some people who made their name in other games and want to poke around and try some other things and they 
And but because they were so dialed in, so very open. I'm a Tesla player. I'm a Tesla this. I'm a Tesla that. Their identity became forged, and they're having a hard time breaking away from it. You just that's just something you want to be careful about is cementing your identity too much in any one game, any one type of deck, any one type of mm-hmm. play style, in any one type of appearance, physical appearance. We talked with Silverfuse about the bow, remember? Sure. You know, and and now the bow. She still gets questions about where's the bow? Where's the bow? And it's been years. It's been it's years. Been years. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, think that's that something. Yeah. There's some of that that you you do need to be careful of. There is something to be said about having a, a a pretty narrow focused vision to target a group of people, and that does help you find an audience. Like the fact that we're a Tesla podcast and not a um, a, a CCG podcast or a TCG yeah. podcast is helpful to us because we're able to attract people who like Tesla. And there's not many people that quite honestly have enough time in their life to play three or four or five trading card games or or collectible card games that they would want to hear about. Um, and so we have a narrow focus. And to be honest with you, our podcast is exclusively tied to Elder Scrolls Legends. And, and I know that we could maybe go and, and branch into some other card games, but most we of our audience, <laughs> yeah, most of our audience it listens to it because they play Legends and that's what they want to hear about. So we're we're pretty dialed into that at this point. And not that we couldn't branch out and we might at some point. But Legends is probably going to be one of the primary conversations or the primary conversation of the show as long as it exists. It, it, it actually would be probably more work for us to switch this to something like Legends of Runtara than it would be to just create a new show around 100%. Legends of Runtara. 100%. It, it would just be way easier for us to just quit doing this and start a new one. Um, so I'm just going to say this, how do you not avoid burnout? You, you just have to be, a, you honestly, you have to be a pretty resilient individual. Like yeah. there's a certain amount of it that's mentally fatiguing. I'll be honest with you. My wife is sick upstairs. She's taking care of a two month old. My two year old is almost guaranteed not asleep right now. So she's having to lay down a screaming two month old to go rock a two year old while she's sick. And I'm downstairs talking about a, a card game, a digital card game. I, I don't, even necessarily want to be recording tonight. I want to be with my family, but I know that there's a certain amount of resiliency and commitment that goes along with recording and, uh, and making content. And if you don't have the fortitude or the resiliency to do it, it's going to be a slog for you and it's going to be tough. And mm-hmm. I'm not speaking poorly about people who take breaks or change up patterns. I think at different seasons in life, it requires different patterns. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be resilient in the terms of this podcast forever. There will come a time when this show likely doesn't exist unless Tesla blows up and this becomes my full-time job. And to be perfectly honest with you, A, that's never going to happen. And no. even if it did become my full-time job, no game lasts forever. Yeah. Like I'm sure that 100%. people who are Hearthstone, Hearthstone podcasters right now, if they were doing it full-time are shaking in their boots because they're realizing they better branch out and make some new content because this isn't yeah. going to be, this isn't going to be profitable forever. So, uh, you know, I'm doing it. You have to enjoy it, but you also have, have to have some level of resiliency on Thursday. It's going to be my day off. I'm going to be out four or five nights this week. We're heading into Christmas season in church world. That's incredibly a bit. It's a really busy time. I'm out almost every single night this week, other than a night for this and a night where I'm going to be playing D and D. So on Thursday, I, I want to go hang out with my kids, but at some point, I'm going to come down to the basement. I'm going to boot up the audio software. I'm going to be editing some stuff. I'm going to be uploading it and publishing it and putting it out there. Um, it's one of the reasons why we don't do additional content for patrons. It's one of the reasons that we don't do, I don't do YouTube. I don't do a lot of streaming. I don't do any of that stuff. Why? 
because I know the commitment that takes. I've counted the cost and I know I can't pay the cost. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be the type of person who gets into something without counting the cost and then not being able to finish what I said I was going to do. Um, and so, and sometimes you do just need to count the cost and say, I can't do this. Just mm -hmm. can't. A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were just, it was just like, I can't go downstairs and record right now. And we pushed the silver feud, silver fuse episode back a week because mm -hmm. I counted the cost and I was no longer willing to pay the, pay the price. And I think that in your life, you need to do that with everything. But if you're going to be a content creator, you have to acknowledge the fact that before you say, you know what? I'm committing to streaming five days a week. Like count that cost. Are you actually willing to pay that price? Um, yeah. Because it's going to cost you something. It, relationships, uh, mm -hmm. physical health, emotional health, everything. It's going to cost you something. Um, uh, DBN, I know that you probably have some to say about branding. I wanted to give just briefly a couple of tools out there because I think people get into this and they think, oh my gosh, this is really expensive. I can't get into this. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like everything, you build stuff over time. I'm looking now at saving up for a $500 or $500 upgrade to my microphone setup. But I didn't start off that way. So right. do you have a couple of tools? I know I have a couple, but do you have a couple of tools that you know, like if you're just getting started, there's some free stuff out there that you can get start working with? Well, I mean, obviously, OBS is like the streaming platform it's free. it's free and there's so many guides out there so many to get set up that like it, it is it really is pretty easy um to to get i mean it takes yeah it'll take an afternoon to figure out some scenes and stuff like that but it's not it's not it's crazy hard it's not it has no expense entailed right and you can get a ton of overlays free online mm -hmm. oh yeah so i stuff I mean, I, I exclusively use like free stuff online. Um, so I use, um, uh, let's see, Streamlabs uh, for like notifications. Um, and that's also for chat right? notifications and stuff. That's free. I, there's a site, and I don't exactly remember what it's tied into, that I use for, um, that have a bunch of like overlays for different types of things, like called uh, player.me. Uh, and I don't I have even heard of really, that. Yeah, I don't even really know if that's owned by who that's owned by, uh, but I use it and it works great. Um, and I have I have several of my scenes set up through that, uh, which is awesome. And they're free. There's a lot of free. I mean, the a software lot. is very, very free, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is great uh, for video editing. I do not have anything. Uh, I do not have any paid video software. I wish I did. I wish I could afford it. But right now I can't. So I don't. So what do I use? I use OpenShot Video Editor. I don't know where I found it. I just Googled top 10 uh, like open source video editors. And that was one of them. I downloaded like three or four, tried them. That was the one that I found easiest to do minor editing with. There are some more difficult ones that are also harder to learn. But all those sorts of things, there are guides out there. Like I, like I am not a tech guy. I didn't go to school for this. I, this isn't something I, I'm largely self-taught. And always trying to improvise and learning new things. And, and the, your best friend is the Google search bar. I kid you not. Um, because pretty much yes. anything you can find either heavily discounted or for free if you look hard enough. Mm -hmm. And then you can. So I'll give you a couple of things that I started out with that were free that get you going. So if you're into podcasting or audio stuff, um, which is I don't I know nothing about it. Right. But I just 
have sort of been self-taught as well. I knew nothing about it. So the first thing is you can get into like um, buying a website domain, hosting an RSS feed. I started off that way. What I found to be easier, I did with this episode, is download a free app called uh, Anchor. Just look up Anchor in your app store on your phone, download Anchor, um, and you can start uploading audio right there. You can actually just hit the record button um, and start recording right from there from your phone. And you can just talk to your phone and you can upload episodes just like that really, really easy. So Anchor, it's completely free and it actually sends out your RSS feed to like six or eight different podcast hopings. Uh, hosting sites. So that's an app that I suggest you get. And it has a web browser. I now do all my editing and then upload it through the web browser. Um, The other one that is really, really helpful is SparkPost. SparkPost is a free Adobe product that you can use to be able to make graphics and begin building a logo and a brand. Um, I have used that for all of our uploads that go over to uh, t- Team Rankstar's website, um, all of our images that go up onto Reddit, those are all built by me in in eight minutes um, on on Spark Post using Google Images. Um, Unsplash.com, um, there's also an Unsplash app, is completely royalty free, high res, incredible photos. Um, now you're not going to be able to use these necessarily for a gaming podcast, but if you're doing anything else, you're blogging, you're writing, um, you're um, doing anything where you need a graphic, you can actually use Unsplash and download photos from that. It's it's fantastic. Um, I will reinforce and say that OBS is really good. Um, auditing, uh, uh, auditing. Wow, you're not going to do any <laughs> audits. Um, audio, well, you never know. Well, maybe. Yeah, audio, audio editing software. The free one is Audacity. Just Google Audacity. Um, Audacity software, you can download it for free. It's quick, it's dirty. It's very difficult to figure out how to do advanced stuff in and it's not real good at it. Um, But if you just wanna slap together some chunks of sound, um, the intros and outros I recorded myself um, on a microphone and then I I uploaded them into Audacity or I used some beats that were pre-built into GarageBand on my Mac. And it took me a couple of minutes to throw those intro and outro noises together. It, it really is pretty simple and you can actually get it all up and going with a quick logo and some, some uh, you know, some artwork um, with a free place to host your RSS feed and get it out there. Um, you can use, the, honestly, the microphone on your phone isn't good, but it's not awful if you can find a quiet place with a lot of soft sounds around you, crawl up in a closet full of clothes and talk to your phone and you can actually just record a podcast that way pretty easily. Um, uh, I'll say when you're getting a little bit more advanced, we record over of Skype and um, I am now using a new program called Reaper. It's new to me to do my audio editing. It's $60 for a base license. It's a, it's a good upgrade when you're looking at getting into um, a, a mic stand and stuff. Um, I suggest starting off with Blue Yeti's line. Um, they're not great, but they're the best. That's what I use right now. That's what you're listening to me on. Um, it's the best probably for your buck before you have to go into like an interface and everything. If you just want to plug it into your computer through a USB, I have the blue Yeti nano. Um, it's a much smaller than the original blue Yeti and it is higher bit rate. Um, I think it's overall just a much better microphone than the original blue, um, Yeti. And so it's, I think you can, I think I saw my black Friday for 80 bucks. So you can get into it. If 
you're building a little bit of an audience and you want to get a decent microphone so that you increase your audio, you can do that. Um, you want to go really crazy. I think kind of like the, the industry standard is a $400 mic on Amazon and a hundred or $150 interface that you plug it into USB interface, you get your mic into. Um, so you can, you can get into upwards of a couple hundred bucks. Um, obviously everything keeps going up and up and up. Um, I think DBN, you and I are now using the same webcam, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, that's like a hundred dollars and you can get it cheaper for deals on for Amazon. Sales. It's always on sale. I got it on a ridiculous sale for like 35 bucks. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I've had it for years. I've had it for years. Yeah. It, it's the, it's the it's Logitech C920. Something like Not that. But it's in, it has 1080 uh, capabilities. So, you know, it's good enough quality. Um, but honestly, guys, my main thing is if you want to get started and you're not sure if you're going to like it, because the majority of if you enjoy streaming is going to come from if you can sit at your desk for three to four hours minimum, because really you can stream for less and it's okay if you do. Um, but that's what's going to build an audience is being there for an amount of time that they actually, if they show up, they're likely to have content for a, you know, a decent amount of time if you're streaming. But even if you're not streaming, let's say you're doing YouTube and you want to just get started. Say you're podcasting, you want to just get started. Quality is something that you want to upgrade quickly, but it's you, sh you shouldn't let it stop you from starting. There's a lot exactly. of things you can do in Audacity to improve the sound of your uh, audio that can help kind of cover things up long enough for you to decide if it's for you or not. Um, if you have a gaming headset, I mean, I know several people that started with a game. I streamed a little bit with a gaming headset when I started. Um, when I had some issues with the microphone that I had from other things, um, and it wasn't a particularly expensive microphone anyways, I paid like $23 for like a Behringer, but I had access to a low rent mixer uh, audio interface uh, that I was able to get for free. But uh, even that doesn't cost more than like 40, 45 bucks. Um, but I use those two things. But when I was having difficulty, I plugged in uh, actually this headset right here you know, with a little microphone on it, mm -hmm. USB headset. Um, you just change your audio settings in OBS to pick this up instead of the desktop audio. Um, and, uh, or instead of whatever mic you were using. And then bam, you can use this. And this is fine. Not long-term, but to get started and decide if you want to like it. Because heck, you know what would suck is if you spent a hundred bucks or more on something and found out you didn't like it. Like, yeah, you still have the equipment, but I mean, that, that's not going to feel very good. You know, so so see if you like it first before you, you drop too much money on it. There's a lot of things um, that you can do. Heck, I mean, you can have those little headphones with the little, you know, cell phone speaker. I've seen people use that before. Don't recommend it, uh, but I've seen it. And you know what? I have there have been times when I've tuned into someone's channel and they've had bad audio. But because they were clearly enjoying what they were doing and the audio wasn't unlistenable, I stuck around, you know. Um, so just think about that, guys. Yeah, and I guess it's easy to get started. I mean, I think I started in um, uh, this this particular podcast. I started with a microphone that I borrowed um, and a Mac. I just opened up my work computer. I downloaded the thing onto my the, the free software onto my phone and onto my computer, and I just recorded in my living room. Um, now I'll go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and actually change. This won't help you if you're listening um, because this is a. By the way, this is an awful thing to do. 
if you're podcasting and streaming at the same time, just to give you a heads up. Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and change over my uh, my camera really quick, just so you can see, uh, you know, I, this room isn't what I started with. Um, and uh, and now this is kind of what I built and what I'm using now, um, although it does definitely look like it's it's not working. So it that's, is not. that's that's so great. Um, oh, so yeah, hey, so look this at is, there we go. There's so this is, angle. this is what I'm working with now. I mean, but I built this room over the last couple of months. I had no really intention of doing this. It just became something that I enjoyed. And if I didn't like it, well, then I wouldn't have done it. Um, but I began really enjoying content creation. And, um, so I invested, uh, you know, time and energy and resources in it, but I didn't need to start this way. And I didn't even need to continue this way. So I don't want you to feel intimidated by how high the price tags can get. I was looking at streaming and trying to find the right camera and was looking at like DSLRs and um, capture cards. And, and you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to get your face on the screen. And I was like, I don't need to go that crazy. Um, and and so, you know, I think that you can sort of take that a little bit at a time and and start off small. Don't let quality be the thing that, that stops you from doing it. Um, and if you're going to do podcasting, it's it's about your microphone it really is yeah yeah for sure it's about it's about your microphone say, and your area i will say one thing that um you know if you start especially for streaming but youtube as well one of the things that the way to think about it is there's so much to get set up there's so much and then there you actually have to do it um i would say like one of the best tips i ever heard when i first started out um was just fix one thing, improve one thing on your stream a day. It could be something as simple as a, as a, a piece of art or, you know, changing out your about page or, um, you know, installing Streamlabs and start playing around with it. If you just create a big list of things that you want to add to your channel and just strike off one small thing every day mm-hmm. and let that be enough. Like, don't try to go from zero to hero you know, before even deciding if you like it, before even deciding if it's worth it. And of course, that's the other thing too. Like, I think this is something I wrote down that I want to talk about. Was like, I think setting proper expectations is one of the most important things for creating content because, I mean, you, you see all over Twitter, uh, at least I do, you know, people, you know, successful streamers that love telling everybody how hard their job is. It's true. Their job is really hard. I can tell you because I do it. but there's a lot of people out there that want to, I don't want to say discourage people from doing it, right? But to frame it as um, this idea that everybody thinks they're going to get rich on it. I don't think that's the case. I think most people are genuinely understand like this is something you do because you're passionate about it, not because you want to make a bunch of money. Um, yeah. You can, it could happen. And, and frankly, I'm the kind of person that I believe hard work makes you know pretty much anything possible, but hard work times time, you know, and 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 it's yes. going to take time for anything to develop to the point where it's you know monetarily beneficial. So like, it doesn't matter how good you are at a game, doesn't matter how charming you are, how great equipment you are, you that does not mean you're going to make it big. But that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't find a reason to make time for it. It's maybe it's yeah. maybe. It shouldn't be your primary goal, right? But hey, listen, if you love making things, if you are looking for that creative outlet, if you love just playing games and sharing them with friends, 
then I think content creation has your name written all over it because it doesn't have to be about making it financially sustainable. It can just be about the joy of building community and sharing the things that you love. And that's a good reason to make content. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You don't have to do you don't have to do five videos a week and try to become the next YouTube sensation. You don't have to stream, you know, 16 hours a day, six days a week and be the next ninja because even though that, you know, that that's so this whole other thing. It's so hard to do. It's so much luck involved. There's so much but 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 yes. but, but I that's but don't let that be the discouraging point. Because there's so many other great reasons to make content, even on the scale of one video a week or yep. two streams a week. It can be worth it because you'll be building a community that cares about you and that appreciates your ideas. And that is enough for me. And I got to imagine there's plenty of other people that feel the way I do. Uh, probably one of my favorite things that I've heard from one of our content creators actually came from Elameo when he was on. And... Um, and LMAO said that he kind of has an entrepreneurial spirit. And so um, this was like a side business for him. And it was actually a very cheap way to start a company, um, which was kind of funny because I had never really looked at it that way. But that was kind of his mentality. Like, yeah, he has a job, um, but he, he's like an entrepreneur and he really wants to start a new company himself. And this was actually one of the cheapest ways, you know, he spent a couple thousand dollars to buy his equipment and everything. And I'm not saying that you need to do that. I'm just saying that's what he did. You know, I'm sure he spent a couple grand to buy all the equipment because he has a green screen in the room and the, the, everything. Um, and he bought all that stuff up and started because it was like a, a, a creative outlet for him. And that's the other thing. I think many of us need creative outlets. Don't feel like if your creative outlet is not podcasting or audio or something that you're wrong. If your creative outlet is painting, that's great. I can't paint. Um, if it's writing, that's great. I don't write. Um, but I have the gift of talking um, and speaking and presenting things. That's what I do mostly in my in my day to day life. And I have the ability to win others over with my speech. So like this is a way for me to use the way that I'm uniquely created, the way that I'm made and the way that I'm gifted in a creative outlet that isn't my work. And so it's enjoyable to me. And I, I like doing it. And sure, are there dreams like, oh, yeah, you can hit big. Yeah, but I'm playing Elder Scrolls Legends and I'm making content <laughs> for it. So you, you sort of like. Yeah, if I was the first one on the scene to Legends of Runeterra, which, by the way, there's already two podcasts about it, so I'm not. Um, <laughs> sure, there may be a little bit more m- money to be made there. But if that is really your goal for content creation, I think you're going into it for the wrong reasons. And you'll get burnout really, really quick because you're not going to make it big really quick. It it It, it isn't going to happen. Yeah. It's, there is a certain well, you, you might make it big someday or you might make it enough to be a great side gig someday. Um, yeah, but that, all sure. of that takes time. And, and, you know, and look, listen, right now I'm working towards that goal of I want to get over the next couple of years. I want to get my YouTube to the point where I can start making a little bit of ad, uh, ad revenue on the side. I'm still a long ways away and I know it and I don't care. I'm having enough fun making the YouTube videos and enjoying the awesome feedback I get from people. Um, and every time I get that extra subscriber on YouTube, I go, yay. And that's enough. It's it, it's it's just you have to set those proper expectations, but don't let the don't let the difficulty and all the rhetoric surrounding you know you see all these 
you see all these boomer posts and I love the, this, this whole new, okay, boomer thing. It's hilarious to me. Uh, but th- you see all these boomer posts where all these kids want to go and make it big being like Ninja and that the market sustainability won't support that. Yeah, they're totally right. But that's not re- that's not a reason to not try it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not a good enough reason to discount the idea of making content because making content can be just so, there's so much joy that I have sitting down sometimes. And sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's a pain. But I, I sit down every time we do this podcast and, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's, there's so many great things to be had. I have some great friends that I get to make content with you know, that I've made through making content. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have connected, you know, with Mark or with Silverfuse or Lasergician, you know, or anybody like that. I wouldn't get to, you know, I, I, I DM Lord Costa about D and D stuff, you know, but the only reason I met him was through casting, you know, and hmm. like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that like connection there without it. And, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes it's not just about being a member of the community you know, you making content will frankly accelerate it. Not going to lie. Making content will accelerate your involvement with the community, whether you like it or not. And that's cool. And that's fun. So like, there's so many great reasons um, to make content. Don't let the, you know, admittedly true, but obvious and overstated thing of you're not going to make it big. So it's not worth it. That's, that's a lie. There are so many other reasons that it's worth it to make content. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Well, I tell you what, um, I think that's probably about going to wrap up this episode. I was going to dive into my closing thoughts, but I think this time I'm going to leave it out um, and I'll save it for the next episode. So instead of getting into that, um, why don't we just talk about how people can get connected with what we're doing? So DBN, how can people find out, uh, you know, about you, your YouTube videos, the stuff that you're putting out there? Uh, Yeah, well, I don't stream super often. I'm on a somewhat unofficial break from streaming I, I probably will stream you know every once in a while so if you catch me awesome i'm on twitch.tv slash dead broke nerd i hope to get back to a regular schedule sometime after the craziness of the holidays and once my financial situation admittedly is more stable uh my car broke down and is uh irreparable so now that's stressing things out so i haven't been streaming as much but um you can check me out over there um and that's also, of course, where we do the live broadcast, which we are now. If you're here in the Twitch chat, awesome. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're about to leave, but welcome anyways. Uh, but uh, if you're listening later, you can watch us live. We do it at 9 o'clock uh, on Tuesdays on my channel, so you can watch us live. And heck, we might even you know, answer a question or two at the end of the episode if, if you're around. Um, so anyways, that's that. Um, and then my YouTube is The Dead Broke Nerd. You can search it. And um, I make videos. I three to four videos a week on Elder Scrolls Legends, Gwent, Mythgard. Um, so, uh, you know, you can, you can just uh, check that stuff out. And, uh, oh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Dead Broke Nerd on Twitter. Yep. And uh, that's a great place to get in contact with me for anything. You can DM me on Twitter. Feel free. You can also DM me on Discord. Uh, so, yeah. Woo. Great, great. Um, Okay, so you can get connected with me um, primarily through the show. I'm going to go ahead and just throw up that uh, Discord invite um, right there in the uh, in the 
chat tonight. If you want to join our Discord, go ahead and join that Discord. It's a really great community. There's a lot of great things that are going on there. And it is relative, it's like always way more positive than what Reddit is. So um, go ahead and jump into our Discord. And if you can't find us, just look up for Legends Cast on Discord and you can find us there. We have some great admins. If you want to support the show, you like what we're doing and you think is valuable and you want to give value back please consider becoming one of our patrons. We haven't had a new patron in a couple of weeks. We'd love for you to become a patron. A couple bucks a month goes a long way to supporting um, DBN and I uh, in uh, replacing a car, in buying new equipment, in building a room, uh, you know. And we're not getting rich off this thing. I think since I started the podcast, I've probably made like $100. Um, and this room cost me like $2,200. Um, so uh, and that's not including any of the equipment that I've picked up. So, I mean, we're not getting, we're not getting rich off this thing, but if you're willing to give us a little support, we can make improvements to the show, which is really, really important. So there's actually some audio equipment that I'd love to pick up. I'm sure there's some equipment that DBM would love to pick up that would make the show a little bit better. So consider going over there or let us know. Maybe you want to buy us a piece of equipment. You message us and, uh, uh, or you want to buy DBN a car, you message us and and we'll, we'll set that up. We'll make that happen. So if you find value in what we're doing, please consider giving value back. Beyond that, I'm a pastor in my day-to-day life. So um, I would love to be praying for you, uh, whoever you are, if you're in a dark time in life, or maybe you're just in a great time of life and you're looking for some prayer. Um, I'd love to pray for you and listen to you. So that's the two ways that I want to support this specific community. And so if I can be praying for you in any way, Please, please, please reach out to me. Reach out to me over Discord. Email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com. I've talked to some of the listeners over the phone. I've prayed with people over the phone. I've just listened to people. I'm not aggressive. I'm not oppressive. I don't shove things down people's throats. Genuinely just want to be there to be able to support you. I don't want you to ever think that you're alone. Um, So if you need help, please, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask for help. I'd love to chat with you. Uh, and I'd love to just, I don't have answers, um, but I'm, I'm willing to be someone just to listen to you. Um, so yeah, that's how you get plugged in with me. You can actually friend me over the game too. I'm the 113 lift just about everywhere now. That's my Twitch page too, twitch.tv slash the 113 lift. Um, that's my name on uh, Tesla as well. So you can just send a friend request to the 113 lift. I have plenty, plenty of room on my friend's uh, list that you can be a friend on Tesla as well. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. That's how you get connected with me. Anything else you want to share before we get out of here, DBN? No, sir. But uh, if somebody does want to have me look at a crazy deck, I'm always happy to look at a crazy deck. I may not get time to play it. Uh, but if it's particularly inspiring, I may try it on my YouTube page. Uh, so feel free to message me. Uh, or if you just want me to give you feedback on something, uh, Tesla related or card game or content creator related. I'm happy to lend what little expertise I have. Yeah, there's a pretty cool, uh, there's a pretty cool Empire deck going on right mm-hmm. now in our Discord. Mm-hmm. So get over there and check that out. Um, okay, that looks really fun. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode. That's episode 24 of Legends, guys. Thank you so much for stopping in and listening to us. And be sure to come back and listen again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Elder Scrolls Legends. If you want to support Legends Cast, you can always leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, or you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash legendscast. Be sure to come back next week and make sure that you check out our sponsor, both Inked Gaming and Team Rankstar at teamrankstar.com.